Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is good to be back in Ohio, minus the snow and the cold. It's like going, we were in 70 degree weather this morning and we're in 25 degree weather. It was, uh, it was a little shocking to the system, but we had a great time. I know that there were several who watched the services live stream and uh, we had... <laughs> Hope y'all had had as good time as we did. Looked like it on Facebook, but anyway, uh, we we had a great time, and uh, it was funny because, uh, well, for many reasons it was funny, <laughs> but but uh, you know, it's always good to to see people grow and and, and uh, see what God's doing in other ministries and what's happening, but uh, you know, being that we were from there, it, it's. Uh, you kind of go in as 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 a you know it's not really going in as an evangelist. You're kind of going in as just a, another one of the pastor, old pastor friend. It's, it has a different feel going into you know a church like that. And uh, I I had expectation that the Lord was going to do. We were going to preach and we were going to go for it and have a good old Holy Ghost time. Well, preaching went out the window, but we had a Holy Ghost time. <laughs> uh, it was it was. A, uh, ministry with the word and laying on of hands it was it was powerful we had a great time and uh, we there was actually uh, mu multiple reports of healing that came um, there was a, one of one in particular that I just think of off the top of my head there was this he's probably 12 years old uh, but had I don't know what he had wrong with his his shin and his heel but he couldn't run he was in constant pain he was in the prayer line at one point for healing and uh, as I was walking through, laying hands on people ministering, I saw him sitting there, and this would have after he had received prayer for healing. And uh, I asked him, I said, how's your, his mom was sitting next to him, absolutely annihilated. So I asked him, I really couldn't talk to her, so I asked him uh, how, how his leg was. And uh, he said, it feels great. And I said, well, what? he said he couldn't run. So I said, well, run. And he gets up and takes off running around, comes back, no pain. So that was awesome. That was awesome. It was good. But there was multiple things like that and uh, just seeing the Lord minister. So thank you uh, for your prayers. We are glad to be back and uh, great stuff. We'll, we'll be back, same, same bat time, same bat channel, Wednesday night, midweek for refresh. Uh, so make sure you come join us this Wednesday night, midweek refresh. We're going to have a great time, 7 o'clock. Um, also, just uh, if you have not heard, Ellen Davidson had, has uh, went on to be with Jesus. And uh, we, we are excited for her that she is home with the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, she, is, she is doing great today in the presence of the Lord. Uh, so her funeral, her visitations today and funeral is Monday. And uh, if you'd like to help with the meal, you can do so. You can uh, see Megan Lehman, uh, Sue Slusser, or my wife if you'd like to help with the meal. Or you can go online. We have the electronic sign-up for that. 
And then also, please be praying for Cindy Stover. She had surgery this morning on her foot, and we want to keep believing for total healing for her. And then Robin, while we were away, many of you know Robin. Robin had her baby while we were gone as well, so we want to pray for them, and there will be meals and such that we'll do for them. So if you're interested in that, you can see my wife um, or Megan Lehman as well. And then Saturate is Friday night. Man, we've been, uh, we had our first, first Saturate um, last month. It was, it was a phenomenal time. And uh, I always like being in a service where I don't have to do anything. I can just receive and, uh, and watch. And so it was good just being there to receive and watch everyone else minister and see what God was doing. So I would encourage you, uh, whether you're young or young at heart or want to be young at heart, whatever the case is there, come out Friday night, March 10th, 7 o'clock. It's in the Fellowship Hall. It's a great time of just saturating, receiving, ministry, relationships, a good time. They have a lot of fun. <clears throat> VIP lunch is next Sunday. And so if you got an invite to the VIP lunch, that's happening next Sunday. Make sure you RSVP so that we can prepare enough food for you. And we're going to have a great time. Awesome. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you go to Esther, chapter 4. I just want to receive tithes and offerings real quick, give you a chance to worship the Lord with your giving. You know, um, it was funny watching one of our, one of our guys, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I got to share stories because, you know, we were just in, in New Orleans for a week of services, so I feel like it's, it gives me a chance to get you connected to where we just were and what was happening ministry. But uh, one of the guys that we had uh, discipled for a while, I had actually, I'll never forget when he got born again, he, I don't even remember how he came to church. I don't even remember the story how he came to church, but... Um, he was a young adult guy, and this is, this is the power of discipleship, okay? So I want you to follow this. This story is the power of discipleship. You can make an impact in someone's life. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, you hear what I'm saying? You can make an impact in someone's life. Discipleship um, is absolutely important. So um, <clears throat> when you look around and you see people at night of hope, don't look at them and just judge them. I know you don't do that anyway, but don't, don't do that. Say, this is a discipleship opportunity. Get, dive in. Get, dive on in. Get your hands wet. Just begin to get in and go fishing and cleaning and let God use you. It's awesome. It's powerful. And so anyway, this, this particular guy, when he first came, uh, I called him up and I said, hey, uh, I'd like to come over to your house uh, and, and just hang out, get to know you. He was brand new. And he said, well, I can't, I can't leave my house. I'm on house arrest. Um, and I got one of those ankle things, so I can't leave. I said, that's good. I'll come over to your house. And he's like, man, you sure you want to come to my house? I live in the ghetto. You sure you want to do that? And I said, hey, I'll come. I, that's okay. I don't, I don't mind. I'll come to your house. And uh, just give me your address. I'll, we'll hang out. So he gives me his address, and I pull up at his home, and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, what did I just get myself into? I am, I am in one of those places that I'm going to get shot. You know, it was one of those kinds of neighborhoods. And um, so I get out. I go up to his house, and he's, he's got his, his pot beanie thing, you know, pot head beanie thing going on and his ankle bracelet going on. I'm thinking, I am definitely out of my element. You know, church boy, you know, I am just totally out of my element on this one, but Hey, we'll just, we're going to just dive on in head first. The Lord's got this one, right? It's all about discipleship. So we're just jumping in. And uh, so I jumped right on in with him. And, and so we started chatting, hanging out. And he, 
he told me afterwards, after that meeting, he said, you know, he said, he said, that made a huge impact on my life because no pastor would ever have anything to do with me, first off. He said, so I felt like I was on top of the world because a pastor actually came to my home and visited me. And then beyond that, not only did you come visit me, but you're a white guy. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, he's like, you know, white people don't come to my, my hood. You know, white people don't come to my, my area. So not only did you come to my home, you came in the ghetto to see me. And he said, and that impressed my family. He said, not only did you change my life, but that, that impacted my family, like my, my mom and my dad. And because they, they go to church and, and their, their pastor in their African-American church won't come to this neighborhood. <laughs> so you came, that impressed them. He said, so either you're stupid or you got something. <laughs> Uh, like, well, it might be a little bit of both. <laughs> so anyway, I get there. Sunday morning, I walk into pre-service prayer. And lo and behold, who's leading the devotional for that Sunday morning pre-service prayer? And he is preaching the house down in pre-service prayer about how he, he learned how to give his way out of poverty. And he's, he's back there preaching the word. He's talking about how he was in poverty, he was in the ghetto, and he just began to tithe. It started off with a little bit of an offering. And, it, and he started giving the offerings. And the, he saw the faithfulness of the Lord in the offering. And he started giving tithe, the full tithe, and <clears throat> how God brought him through that. And then he started giving over and above the tithe and just the blessing. And all along that process, how he moved out of the ghetto into a nicer apartment and how they've moved out of that nicer apartment into a nicer place and how their kids are now in private school and all of the, all of the blessings of the Lord along the way, how he gave his way out of poverty. He was, yeah, and beyond all of that, so... He worked on the garbage truck. You know, nothing that there's, there's nothing wrong with working on the garbage truck. But when he started, he was, he was hauling garbage on the garbage truck. And now he's a pastor on staff at a, at a great church in New Orleans. He's, he is the evangelism director at a great church. And God's using him in a powerful way. They, just over Mardi Gras, he led teams of, of ministry onto the streets where 450 people made decisions for Christ in a matter of three or four days. That's what he's doing. It's awesome. That's the power of discipleship. So he, Esther, we pick up the story in Esther. I love this. And, I, you know, the Lord just really challenged me again with this scripture this week multiple times. It was like every time I turned around, the scripture kept hitting me in the face. And then Pastor Paris shared on it as well. And I was just like, oh, my Lord, this, okay, God, you're speaking yet again. This scripture keeps hitting me. So I'm going to throw it at you this morning. For if you remain, verse 14, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, everybody say yet. Who knows, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, every single one of you in this room this morning, God has brought to this church for this season, for this time. Amen. You are here. You're not just taking up space. You're not just here because you're beautiful. Amen. Esther wasn't, all, it wasn't, you know, she, she got all dolled up for the king. 
She sat, you know, for however long she saturated in all those oils and, and got her makeup on and got her right clothes on. And it was all perfect so that when she paraded herself before the king, the king would say, I want her to be, I want her. It wasn't all about that. God used it to get her where she was. God uses oftentimes our natural talents, our abilities, uh, whatever, to attract us to where we are. But God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And it is your opportunity. It is your opportunity. Every, everybody say, it's my opportunity. my opportunity. Oh, that wasn't everybody. It's my opportunity. It's my opportunity. It's not somebody else's. It's not the person sitting next to me. It's not the pastor. It's not the pastor's wife. It's not the worship team. It's my opportunity. I have come to the kingdom. I have been placed at Celebration Church. I have been placed in Akron, Ohio. I have been placed in the Great Lakes region for such a time as this. I'm not going to waste the season. I'm not going to waste the opportunity. There are lives at stake is what Mordecai told her. So I'm just going to be like Mordecai in your ear this morning. There are lives at stake. There are souls in the balance this morning. There are people who are on their way to hell this morning, right now. There are lives hanging in the balance, and Haman, the enemy, wants them dead. But you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You have an opportunity like no one else. You have an opportunity to speak into someone's life that no one else will have that opportunity like you. You will have the opportunity to reach. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? You, you, you have the opportunity to reach a lost person that nobody else can do. But if all you're concerned about is your beauty and how good you look, and does the king like me, and is the king okay with me, and is the king this and the king that, when will you move from, being a, from, from having a slave mentality to being a son or daughter mentality? The king has approved of you. Well, I don't know if the king's going to like me or not. I don't know if I can say the right words or do the right thing. Will the king bless me? Will the king be okay with me? Hello, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know if I have the right thing to say, if I'll say the right thing or do the right thing or say, when we get all hung up on whether or not the king, God, approves of us, whether he likes us, or worse yet, whether somebody else, we replace the king with a king, someone else around us. Will they like me? Will they be okay with what I'm telling them? Stop. Your beauty may have got you where you are, but it won't keep you. God brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? It's time to engage. It's time to engage. What has the Lord said before? You know, we're getting ready to receive our tithes and offerings. Engage. Give. As you give, you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. You're sowing. You're, you're giving. 
Your offerings, your tithes, your offerings are giving in to the work of God, what He's doing for souls to be won and discipled and, and the ministry of our church to advance. How do the lights come on? Because you give. How do the doors stay open? Because you give. How does, how does ministry happen? Because you give. How does Night of Hope grow in advance and able to start the Hope Center this year? Because you give. How does the ministry of the Life Center and the counseling and all the things that are happening, the healing home at some point, and all the things that God's point, put before us, how does those things happen? Because you give. God uses you. He's brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're giving. He's brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this because you have a voice. Not only do you have resources, but you have a voice. You have an opportunity like Esther to come before the king, to come before those of influence around you and begin to speak hope into their life. You have a voice. Not only did Esther give of her resources, she gave of her voice. She opened up her mouth and allowed the Lord to fill it. What about you? Are you opening up your mouth? Let the Lord feel it. Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. Where's, um, 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 can I have Mandy? Can you come up? And she's like, oh my Lord, what are you going to do? And Tim and Kathy, y'all come on up. Because I, I think this happened in Kathy's room, right? The, the drunken mess happened in Kathy's room. So this, I want you, I want you to hear you know, we preach this stuff all the time. Our message doesn't change. I mean, this is, this is what we preach, teach. We live this. This is our life. We're, just not, we're not going to preach something that we don't live. This is what we preach, teach, we live. It's awesome to watch as people in the church catch this and what God is doing. And so the, I, I got word of this. I, of course, we were out of town uh, when all this happened. But, but I want you have come, keep this word. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, as you hear this. So, who wants to go first? We'll start with Tim. I, I didn't do anything. Uh, so, I, I actually want to take you back to the Night of Hope Area Leaders meeting before this month's Night of Hope. And we, uh, we had announced to the area leaders that we were planning on launching the Hope Center this year. And um, I just felt like people weren't as excited about it as, as I was. I was really excited about it. And uh, so I, was, I really wanted to pray for our leaders that, that they would catch the excitement that, that I had. And so when I, was, when I started praying, uh, the room just got excited. Um, everybody got excited before I even really opened my mouth. Um, so that was a, a uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was told that stuff happened. Um, but I was just overcome with the Holy Spirit. That I, uh, that I don't know what happened. Uh, I just know that everybody was excited about it. <laughs> so I know that our area leaders were already touched by God in our, in our area leaders meeting, and we seemed to take that through the night. Um, and there was a lot of really good stuff happening. But then after Night of Hope, um, you know, we have a lot of volunteers, and uh, 
this time there was a lot of volunteers who were stuck sticking around trying to you know help clean up and, and get the get the building reset and yeah, I reset the building as best I can but I can't find Mandy where is where is our leader because I don't know if I missed something um, so all the, all of the the volunteers that we had you know they kind of trickle out throughout the night and so I go on a hunt I am finding Mandy and I find Mandy and uh, a, a lot of our other leaders up in the clothing room praying for you know some of our our, our guests that you know we've that we had been missing we missed them and they were back and we were excited about that and I'll let Mandy kind of go into those details but I go up there and I, I see them just obliterated they're all laughing and crying and speaking in tongues and and on the floor and loving on this family that, that have come. So I step out of the room because I don't want no part of that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, so I step out of the room, and, but that doesn't mean that, that there was nothing for me to do there. Um, you know, this woman's husband had, you know, come up the steps as soon as I walk out of the room. Um, so I had a little bit of time to, to talk with him and, and, and minister to him a little bit. Um, and their daughter had come out, and, you know, I was sitting with them. And um, then we are about to leave, and... Brandon should probably be up here too. Because he turns to him and says, do you mind if we pray for you before you leave? And he says yes, and then he breaks. He is just overwhelmed with, with I, I think it's with, with the love that we have shown to them uh, over and over and over uh, throughout the night. And... So that was just a powerful moment, I think. I, I just texted like every man that I knew that was still in the building and said, we need you up here now. And there was a group of guys around him and, and um, praying for him and, and trying to impact his life, trying to get him connected to God. So. That's your turn. Go ahead. I, I have no idea what happened that night, so I don't even know. I mean, I was there, but... Um, <laughs> it's just a family that's been really on our hearts <clears throat> and they came tonight of hope and it was just so special and they had a friend actually he brought a friend too we got to love on her and at one point this person said to her friend when these people say they love love you they really really mean it so it was just and you probably saw my post I was really surprised not to because next day was class, and I thought for sure <laughs> we were going to be like, where's Brandon? Oh, I think he's still laying up in the clothing room. But everybody, there was just so much joy and so much love and, and a lot of laying on the floor and laughing. <laughs> and and at another point, it was just kind of funny because I don't even know who said, can we pray with you? And they were like, well, it's, I don't even know why we're asking because we're going to pray with you anyway. <laughs> Share the same story. <laughs> um, so going back to the area leaders meeting, 
I'm just going to stand here and not really know what to share because whatever is about to come out. So um, I've been challenged the last, I don't know, year by the pastors to really step out and not just be a director over a ministry, but um, to really press in. And what does that look like? And how are you going to lead your area leaders? And it was hard for me. It was uncomfortable for me. I was like, yeah, what do you want me to do? And it started out with baby steps. Oh, you're going to pray with the group. Oh, you're going to share a little of this. You're going to share a word. And so this last meeting, it just kind of all broke open and there was a ton of excitement in the room, so that helped. Um, But it was that moment where I realized, you know, pastor started the meeting for us, but he had to leave. And, um, you know, he leaves the room, we go through our meeting, everything's just rolling, you know, business as usual. Business as usual in a meeting. And then all of a sudden, Tim says he wants to pray. I almost fall out of my chair. Brandon almost has to catch me. Like, okay, let's do this. But it was in that second that I, I sensed a change in the room. And I had told Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather when I was sharing the story with them, it was the first time that they weren't in the room where I sensed that presence and got that, oh, okay, it's got nothing to do with them. I knew that it didn't have anything to do with them, but it's got nothing to do with them. And I sensed the atmosphere change, and it was that moment where I had a decision to make. Am I gonna, are we going to step into this, or am I going to pass it by? And I couldn't pass it by. It was just it was a moment. And so I was just led to stand up and lay hands on Tim. And the room, when he says the room kind of erupted, it really did. It got loud, praying in tongues. Pray. And it's funny, you walk into meetings and everybody's like, okay, we're going to pray. And everybody expects the leader to pray. We're going to pray. Everybody's going to pray. When pastor says we're going to pray, everybody's got to pray. It's not about him. It's not about what he has to say as much as it's great. It, we're going to pray. Everybody's going to. I told you, I don't know what's about to come out. I'm sorry. Um, so we did, and the room erupted, and the atmosphere changed, and there was laughter, and there was joy, and there were moments of, I don't really know what just happened here, but it was awesome. And then it opened up other doors after the meeting was over to have conversations that went deeper. It was, not, it was no longer just a group of leaders that sat down to have a meeting, but there was discipleship. There was opportunity for, for hearing hearts and seeing where we're going. Um, so that was awesome. And then we're leading up to Night of Hope, and, you know, first time that we've done Night of Hope without pastors on property, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about that. Um, because they're my go-to. That's where I go. And so all day it was just preparing myself for, okay, it's, you know, it's all good. God's got it. God's got it. And I kept telling them, like, oh, the numbers are going to be huge tonight. It's all about the numbers. The numbers are going to be huge tonight. I'm so excited. The buses are full. All about the numbers. All day long. And I was praying all about the numbers. And then people start coming through the doors, and maybe the numbers weren't what I wanted them to be. But at the end of the night, I didn't care about the numbers anymore. Um, it was, it was fun to watch leaders step up and say, hey, we need to pray for this family before they leave. And I was like, yep, let's do that and grab a few more leaders. And we go up to the room where we knew this family was and the atmosphere changed. We stepped into the room and everybody pressed in and everybody spoke over them. And it wasn't just one person leading prayer. The team was leading the prayer and praying over their family and over their life and calling them back from where they were. And they've gone through so much gone through so much. You want me to share that? I mean, you already just did, so I guess I can. <laughs> um, so this family's had, had a history of, of hard, hard stuff, and um, back in October, she had overdosed and um, actually died for X amount of minutes. They had to bring her back, and it was, um, it was a wake-up call for her, which was great, but it took her a little while 
to come back. And when she came back through the doors, she was home. And every area that she went to, you could see her break more and more and more. It was like this entire building was just full of that love of Christ to remind her, God doesn't care. It's okay, you're home. Jesus loves you. And over and over again, she heard that from the volunteers. And by the time we got to her that night to pray over her, um, you know, we, we called Justin up. We were like, Justin, we're going to need you because she's probably not going to be standing by the time we're done. And she broke and she was on the floor and she was sobbing. And we were sobbing. At that point, we weren't laughing. We were sobbing for her. We felt her brokenness. You, when you step into that, if you're willing to step into the river, <clears throat> there's going to be life there. And we were speaking life over a family, over a, over a person who didn't have anything to hold on to. So she came home. And we're praying now and believing that she's going to continue coming home and that we're going to be able to minister to them. And God's got something for her. And God's got something for every one of our guests that come. They don't come just to get a handout. That's not what they're here for. They're here to get Jesus. And we get to give them Jesus. And then we get to disciple them. And we get to bring them along with us. And they come and serve. And she's got a heart for ministry. The things that she says, I'm like, Lord, you're going to do it. And I can't wait to see it happen because there's going to be breakthrough. So it, it was awesome. It was fun to watch the leaders. Yes, it was a bit of a drunken mess, as Pastor says. Um, poor Tim ended up tearing down the rest of the night pretty much by himself. Uh, it was great of him to do so. But I wasn't really functional. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. That's an effect. I'm being affected. Those who are stepping in are being affected. Get in the river. Get in the river. Get in the river. <laughs> you want me to stop? Or you want me to keep going? Get in the river. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Lord. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You're here for such a time as this. Esther gave of her resources. She gave of her voice. She went with boldness. She gave, she gave, she gave. She gave of herself. She risked it all. She gave herself. She risked it all. You know, Esther said, look, if I go in and he don't like me, this isn't going to go well. Have you ever felt that way before? You know, I'm totally, this is totally going a different direction today than what I anticipated. But that's okay. Um, have you ever felt that way before where you just felt like, Lord, if I, if I step out here, if I take this step of faith, I'm risking it all. It's all on the line here, buddy. You know, you got to come through. If, if, I, if I open my mouth, have you ever felt that way? Lord, if, I, if I'm, you know, I, I felt that way um, <clears throat> however many years ago that is now, 10, 15 years. Okay, Lord, I'm going to move what? I'm going to go where? I'm going to move to New Orleans and do what? <laughs> You're crazy. Okay, fast forward. I'm going to move to where? Ohio? Snow? I left the snow. What? What are you talking about? Lord, I'm putting it all on the line. Putting it all on the line. You want me to do what? We're going to start, we're going to, we're going to do what? We're going to start a hope center? And we're going to have who coming in our church doors? And how many times there, um, uh, what? We're going to put it all on the line though, Lord. We're just going to lay it out. Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to reach. You want me to talk to who? The, my coworker? What if they don't? I'm going to put it all on the line, Lord. Yep. I'm going to serve in what ministry? I don't like kids. But I'm going to put it all on the line, Lord. Whatever. I'm laying it all on the line. 
If you don't come through, she gave of herself. She put it all out there. Listen, you can stay in your safe place. You can, you know, I, I was having a conversation with someone this week and, and they, they were asking me, it was totally un, unreligious, unspiritual conversation. They just, they wanted to invest in a, in a nonprofit, blah, 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 blah. And they were wanting to know what I thought, blah, 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 blah. Do I need to volunteer? You know, totally unspiritual. I was thinking, you know, you could always invest in my church. <laughs> if you just want to give money, I'll gladly take it. You know, we're good. <laughs> we're good, you know. But that, that wasn't the nature of the conversation. It was totally just unspiritual conversation. But he, he was, um, you know, trying to figure out, do I, need to, do I need to give money and volunteer and, you know, trying to figure all this out. And, and you know, you can, you, can do, you can do the safe thing. You can just write the check. You can do the safe thing by, you know, just, just doing whatever it is, just the basics. You know, everybody's basic is different. Doing the safe thing. Everybody's different. Whatever the safe thing is for you. You can stay in the safe spot. And that was really what he was trying to figure out. Am I okay just writing the check and investing? I can give money. That's no, no big deal. I can give money. But do I really want to volunteer? You know, is it the end of the, do I really want to get my hands dirty was the question. You know, and, and a lot of us, we can, stay, we can stay in the safe place. We can safe, Esther's safe spot was her beauty. It was who she was. It was her safe place. But now all of a sudden, God was calling her out of her safe place. What got you to where you are today won't sustain you to where God has you going. Her safe place. God was calling her out and saying, it's time to open your mouth. I've brought you to the kingdom. I've brought you where you are for this season, for this time. And you can stay silent. You can, you can miss your moment. You can miss this moment. You know, God is so gracious. If we miss this moment, He'll send us around the mountain another time. And you can have another moment, and you can miss that one, and He'll send you around the mountain another time. How many times, though, do you have to go around that mountain? How many times do you have to go? I'm speaking to somebody this morning. How many times do you have to go around the same issue, the same safe place? Well, listen, I know the safe place is comfortable. I know the safe place is cozy. You, you probably got your head worn out on the pillow where you lay down in that safe place. And you've been there so many times. You know, you, I like it here, Jesus. Let me just lay here. This is comfortable. Let me just stay right here. But at what point, at what point do you embrace the God of the impossible? At what point do you get out of the boat of safety? At what point do you say, okay, God, I've, I got it. I got it. I'm going to lay it on the line. I'm going to just take the baby step, get out of the boat. I'm going to take the baby step and open up my mouth. I'm going to take the baby step and just say, okay, Lord, I got it. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm just going to get out of the comfortable. Do you remember when you got born again? Do you remember that moment when you said, Lord, I need you. I believe in you. I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me. Do you remember that moment and how uncomfortable it was? How uncomfortable to maybe walk down in front of people or kneel in front of people or pray a prayer or do whatever you did. How uncomfortable it was to acknowledge that you were a sinner and needed of a Savior. What? 
I need a savior. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't understand all this. How uncomfortable. And yet, after we get born again, we now move in back into our comfortable zone. We move back into the mess that we were called out of. He called you out of darkness. He called you out of comfort. That doesn't mean that we're not blessed. It doesn't mean that we don't have peace. But we're living as pilgrims in a foreign land. I'll say that again. We're living as pilgrims in a foreign land. And so if this place that we're living in is really comfortable for you, there might be a problem with that. There might be a problem with that if we're called to be pilgrims. Esther laid it all on the line, said, Lord, here you go. Someone's thinking, Pastor, I thought you were taking an offering. I am. I have not forgotten that. We're getting there. I'm just giving you ample time. M-I-L-L-I-O-N. That's Celebration Church. I'm just giving you ample time to make out that check and write out the offering envelope and whatever, you know, give online, whatever you need to do. <clears throat> My offering message has turned into the message. She gave of her resources. She gave of her voice. She gave it all. She laid it all. I, wanna, I, I want to say something to you this morning. I feel like I just, I sense so strongly in my spirit, man, that there are those here this morning that the Lord is challenging you and saying it's time. It's time. It's time to lay it on the line. It's time to engage. It's time to get out of the comfort. It's time to engage in what I'm speaking to you. Get out, get up, run. You know, two weeks ago we talked about the lame man. Get out of your lame. Get out of being lame. Stop being lame. Get up. You're lame. Get up. Get up. Engage. You have come to the kingdom. What does it feel like, Esther, what does it feel like, Esther, when you open up your mouth and realize the king has called you to where you are? What is it? What does it? I'm not talking about the earthly king. I'm sure that moment where she opened up her mouth and the, and, and the king accepted her, I'm sure she was like, whoo, wow, okay. But I'm talking about the king. What does it feel like, Esther? when you recognize that the king has positioned you for where you are today. What does it feel like? What awareness does it bring of the presence of the Lord? What awareness does it bring of his provision in your life when you realize you are standing in the position where God has placed you? If God is for us, if God is for us, if God is for us, what can separate you from the love of God? Shall famine and trial and darkness and peril and sword and for your sake we're being put to death all the day long, but we are considered sheep to be slaughtered. But in yet in all these things, Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? Because God positioned God positioned them for where they are. If, let me tell you something. If God says to you, 
I've brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this, you can guarantee that he's going to take care of you. If God said, I have positioned you, then you better get your praise on. Yeah, yeah. If God, wasn't that Esther's response? We won't pray. <laughs> when you recognize that God has positioned you where you are at, then if he has positioned you, it's time to get your praise on and watch the victory happen. Haman is going to hang. I'll say that again. Your Haman is going to hang. If God's put you where you are, then all of your adversaries are going to get strung up on a noose and out they go. The very person that tried to take you out is going to die by the very means that they try to take you out. I've watched it happen time and time again. Don't You can't stop what God's doing. Either get on board or you're going to have trouble. If God's positioned you, get on board. Lay it on the line. Step out and see what God's going to do. It's uncomfortable, yes. It can be scary. Lazarus, come out! Uh, excuse me, Jesus? <laughs> He'd been dead for four days. He stinks. <laughs> I don't know why all the people around the tomb that day turned country, but for some reason they turned country. <laughs> he stinketh, Jesus. Uh-uh. Leave him in the ground. <laughs> Leave him. Leave him alone. We're good with him being dead. <laughs> we're, we're good. He's dead. Just let him go. You know, we're the same way. Lord, I'm good with that area of my life being dead. Don't mess with it. I like it dead. I'm familiar with the stench. Come out. And then, you know, you're... <laughs> you know, that had to be a funny sight. I mean, God sits... God sits in the heavens. Y'all can sit. God sits in the heavens and laughs. I hope you haven't been standing this whole time. God sits in the heavens and laughs. He's hysterical. And he, Jesus looks at him. Untie him. Let him go. Didn't, Jesus, refer back. He stinks. <laughs> go back to point A. He stinks. Not only did God call him out of his deadness, he didn't stink. Not only did the Israelites cross the Red Sea, they went on dry ground. Tell me, how do you cross on a seabed dry? Doesn't happen. When God positions you for his purposes, y'all follow? When he positions you for his purposes, Every single detail is going to work out. Just get your praise on. Just get your praise on. Just position yourself in praise. Position yourself in prayer and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you said he coming out of that ground. He coming out of that ground. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you've positioned me in the king's palace for such a time as this. Okay, we're here. Let's rock and roll. Let's see what this is. Excuse me, king, let me tell you something. We got a problem. Haman wants all my people dead. Do you want all my people dead? They're my people. They're my people. You want my people? I don't want my people dead. You better back him up. You better get rid of him. That's, what, that's, that's Esther. That's, that's, the, that's the Pastor Zach interpretation of Esther's conversation with the king. And what did he do? You, Haman, dead man. 
The same noose, that same gallows out there that you built for them, you and your family are going to hang. So don't worry. Just step out. God's got it covered. The, the dead things. Listen, death has, I'm going to keep going. Death has swallowed up in victory. Thank you, Jesus. Death has been swallowed up in victory. What do you have to worry about? Defeat has been swallowed up in victory. Defeat is not an option for you. Let me say that again. Defeat is not an option for you. If you are walking in the purposes and the plans of God, defeat is not an option. Defeat for your family is not an option. You and your household. I don't think anybody heard me. I'll just come over here and preach to my wife. Defeat is not an option. But when we, what happens when the Lord speaks to us? I want you to minister to that person that you work with. Our first thought, well, I just can't do that. You're defeated before you ever get started. Yeah. I want you to go before the king. I can't do that. He's going to kill me. You're defeated before you ever get started. What happened to faith? What happened to only belief? Jairus, your daughter's dead. Leave the master alone. Come home. It's time to mourn. Jesus turns to him and says, don't be afraid. The word afraid, fear there, is that he was, seized, he was paralyzed, seized by fear. You ever been in that moment? Oh, I can't move. If I move. My wife does this when she sees snakes. I do, I do this when I see a spider. <laughs> Get it away. Somebody kill it. It's a little bitty spider. Get it away. Defeat. I'm defeated. That little spider has me defeated. <laughs> but that's what we do with the Lord. Launch out into the deep. Oh, no, we're going to sink. We're going to cross over the other side. Oh, no, geez. Don't you know there's a storm coming? We're going to go down. <laughs> Let me just remind you. <laughs> this is a boat. That's a storm. We're on a sea. It's going to sink. No, no, we're crossing over. There's a demon-possessed man in the Gadarenes. We've got to go over and meet him. He's got legions of demons. And he needs to be delivered. We're going over. Either you're on the boat or you ain't, but we're going over. Victory is assured. When you're walking in the plans and the purposes of God, victory is assured. Esther gave of her resources. She opened up her mouth, and she gave of herself. She laid it all on the line. We're going to give you a chance to give today. <laughs> and then I'm going to preach a whole other message. No, I'm joking. <laughs> So I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll get ready. And we're going to worship. We're going to close the service by worshiping with our tithes and our offerings today. That's, that's all good. We're just going to walk out of here, giving our way, giving our way into victory. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, that we can give and worship you with our tithes and offerings today. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, Lord, that we know, we know, we know that if you have put us in the kingdom for such a time as this, how will you not also freely give us all things? Lord, you have made us join heirs with Christ, God. We thank you for that. And Lord, we just appropriate, Lord, we, we appropriate, Lord, I'm stuck on that today. We appropriate the blessing of the Lord, the promises of God over our life, that victory is guaranteed in Christ. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.